Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, happy Thursday, episode 925. I'm super excited. I'm going to be talking to Coach Kennedy um, today and tomorrow. Um, It's a great interview. There's a lot of golden nuggets. I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm super excited about this one. It, you're you're really gonna enjoy this. Um, Kelly Kennedy is is uh, she wrote a great book, and it's um, you're really gonna enjoy the things that she has to say. But before we do that, I like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Doctor Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Like I've said probably eight thousand times, I think my record is thirty two seconds or twenty eight seconds of, of breaking it down. But what I like about the new machines so much is how smooth the ball comes out. You know. Um, I think back to the old machines and these these new ones. They're so innovative at Dr. Dish. Um, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's a There's a 14-day free trial. Like I said yesterday, it's the only place in the market that offers that. That's how much we believe in our product. That's how much I believe in our community and, and what a relationship builder it is. Also, um, it's got everything you need. You know, It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. So come over and check it out. And let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, so, Kelly, we're gonna just we're gonna I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna have you introduce yourself and tell your what I what I refer to this is as your kind of your basketball journey, mm-hmm. and then we'll just kind of talk about why we're sitting here and talking a bit. But just kind of tell the people that are listening, um, kind of your your journey, your your athletic journey, your basketball journey. And then what you're doing now, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that. This is Kelly Kennedy. I am a former Division I college basketball coach. I started my basketball journey uh, playing, let's say, college at Case Western Reserve University. So Division Three school. And I went there because I wanted to study medicine. And uh, it's one of the top med schools in, in the country. So I had the opportunity to play basketball and to, to study pre-med. And what I found in the classroom that it was like really kicking my butt 
and it wasn't going that way. So in my sophomore year, I was in my, in my room, dorm room and I thought, what do I really want to do with my life? And I set the goal to be a division one head basketball coach. So this D three kid says, you know, I'm going to be a D one head basketball coach. So I started that journey. And, and, um, after I graduated college, I got my first coaching job at a D three school, Southwestern university in Georgetown, Texas. Um, and then from there, and you were, you were 22 then. Um, yeah, 22, let's That's say. Th- and, and you were the head coach. No, I was an assistant. So I was okay. an assistant volleyball and assistant basketball coach. Okay. Uh, the full-time position, which was, which was great. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but I really wanted to get into the D1 coaching ranks. So a friend of mine was working, uh, that I met working camps and she was at the university of Oregon as an assistant. And she's like, Hey, Keeves, the grad assistant position's open. She says, you know, you should apply. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I'd kill for that job. So, um, so I really wanted that job. So I found out where Jody Rungi was going to be the head coach and during AAU basketball season back then, you know, yeah. back in the day. So I went and sat in the gym where she would be and I knew she'd be in this gym watching these kids and I had it all prepared. I got um, accepted to the MBA program. I was all set. So I went and met Jody. I said, Hey, Jody, my name is Kelly Keeby. I'm going to be your grad assistant. And she was like, um, okay, right. <laughs> this young punk. Right. Um, I said, Hey, I'm accepted the program. Here's why you should hire me. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, two weeks later, she calls me, I get the grad assistant job. So there's my, I start out, I break into the division one, um, circle, which is big. And you did that relatively early. Mm-hmm. So it was a great, yeah, you would advise that. Well, uh, gosh, if, if you could start, you, you have to work your way up, right? So however you can, it, it's, it's who, you know, in coaching, um, right. It's relationships. So when you get that opportunity, you got to take it because then you're going to start meeting people. And, and that's what it's all about when you can develop relationships. That's how you get to know people. And right. Then your it's name like it's like that in anything to be honest with you but yeah yeah right. yeah so so you i know what i what i've had a lot, a lot of coaches ask too is like how they get in that track and it's like that jump from three to one is hard mm-hmm. um the sooner you can do it probably is better it would be my probably my argument right um, Be- because you got you're gonna start at an entry level right so right. i mean the younger you are and and you're in my experience you're probably more teachable the younger you are because you're not setting your ways and you just want that opportunity. So I, I was able to get that opportunity and I shoot, I worked my buns off, you know, I mean, right. Going to school, coaching, you know, doing all that. And you're willing and how to long do were you there. I was there two years. So okay. I went to the MBA program and then uh, TCU. So again, relationships. So, Barb Walker was the senior women's administrator. Mike Peterson got the job at head coaching job at TCU, needed an assistant. Barb was like, Hey, you need to check out this kid. Right. right. So, at, so in, that was in 96. So I was 26. Right. Um, got my first, you know, full time. So now right. I'm 
Now you're working. Yeah. Right now I'm, I'm full fledged. Here we go. So at TCU, I was there for three years, um, helped Mike Peterson rebuild that program and had a blast. Loved TCU. Were you recruiting at that point? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're recruiting and man, that's, those were the days where you'd spend all of shoot mid June through beginning of August, you'd be on the road, right? Right. following these same kids to different tournaments. It was, it's, it's crazy, right? right. Um, I'm a lot of babysitting. But, and, uh, and here's my, and here's my issue. So I, I would love to know your, your thoughts on this is first of all, do you think it's too much in the summer? And then I've always thought that obviously the NCAA is hurting a little bit right now, but they're still not hurting too bad, but I've always thought there should be one assistant on that staff that all they can recruit is at the high school that, that you should take some of that away from the summer and put it back into the high school and education based, you know, so that gives that assistant, like they can maybe sit on the bench during the games, but they got it. They, they're the ones out watching the high school games. Cause when I started coaching 30 years ago, there was a lot more recruiting during the high school season. And that has basically disappeared. Um, yeah. And not that summer's bad and not that, the, you know, there's good AAU programs and they're bad summer AAU programs, just like, but they're, the, the, I think the high school coaches have gotten kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. Um, and to be honest with you, I'll, I'll probably give you a more honest <laughs> approach than, than, than the summer guy will, um, you know, yeah, you can play, uh, you know, um, so it's just, I, I find that intriguing and I wonder what your thoughts on that are. Well, I think, gosh, recruiting has changed tremendously, right? I mean, one, with with video and with all the high-tech stuff, we can see you you could get high school games, you could get you could get the video. And right. and really after you see a kid play a couple times, you can tell you know, right? right. You right. need to be chasing them and, and following them to five, six tournaments to right. you know, make them feel loved. It's like I I, I think there's that's a problem. Right. Uh, but, but as far as getting the high school coaches involved, I, I, I think it's, it's easier to do now. Shoot. We're all married to zoom now. Right. right so right. let's, let's have a conversation and, and yes, co- high school coaches are going to be more honest and tell you, cause they know more about the kid right. than the AAU coach. The AAU coach is getting the best players. They, they're kind of, Right. Less. The thing is, as a high school coach, I'm going to tell you what I what I can tell you is because I've coached some some NBA guys. I, I can just tell you how they interact with their teammates and the mm-hmm. type of person they are in third hour English class is probably right. more important to you than whether they can you know cross somebody over in a gym in July. I'm just telling you because mm-hmm. you're going to have them in that program for a stretch of time and how they right. interact with their teammates and you and the staff and the press. And the, I mean, I, I just think that's, I think it's something that's gotten lost in the shuffle. Part of it's, it's a billion dollar industry now. And you know, everything else is mm-hmm. kind of running it, but um, right. I think that's really gotten lost and it worries me a little bit, but I think they're trying to pull that back a little bit in the sense that they're giving some summer stuff to high schools and some windows. They seem mm-hmm. to be moving the pieces a little bit. Cause I think they see how much money, is being poured into things like yeah. tournaments and EYBL, all that kind of, all that stuff is, which is fine. I don't have any problem with people being entrepreneurs, but um, right. 
you're being entrepreneurs on the back of 18 year olds kind of thing. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's I mean, that's a whole two hour discussion, you know, right. I mean, the way things have evolved, it used to be you'd have, you know, the the top kids playing in the top tournaments and you knew everybody was going to those certain ones. Now, right. now there's 20 tournaments going on at the same time. So, so it's changed. I mean, the whole culture, I think of, of recruiting and AA, it used to be AAU, right? right. Um, that was the big tournament. Now there's, you know, 20 all tournaments all over the country. That are good. The thing is, it's like, I, and there's two things, and I have a question to ask you when you walk into a gym, but the, the issue is, I think, it, it, I find it intriguing in the sense that um, it's, there's only so many Division One athletes, and we'll, we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit more, but mm -hmm. it's like everyone's chasing that gold at the end of the rainbow, and it's like, you know, it's, and there's a lot of people making a lot of money chasing Selling false bill, you know, that's where I think again, back to the high school. I'm not I'm not selling any false, I'm not making anything on summer basketball. You know, it's it's one of those things. But I can go into a gym and I can tell you the top players in the gym in about three minutes. The issue is, and this is where I've asked other college coaches and stuff, is how do you differentiate the other levels? Like I can go in and I can tell you those top, those 10, this, here's your top 10 kids in this gym of 60 kids. Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, I'm going to do a big shout out to our two other podcasts, High School Hoops and Teacher Side Gig. Um, I do talk about them often, but I don't give them a spotlight. They are great. High School Hoops Talks weekly. We talk about kind of what you're going through. Like we've been doing a lot of um, COVID right now because that's where we are and, and what happened with that, how we're reacting to it. And teacher side gig is teachers kind of looking at themselves and how they can make a little extra money on the side. And uh, yeah, it's just me giving back to a little bit to, to all the teachers out there that I know have to do that. So um, also subscribe and like this podcast and go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right, let's head back to the podcast. How do you go in and differentiate and find that great D3 kid? Like, how do you do that as a, as a, because there's, it's, it's almost like noise in there. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I, it's so, so I spent about six or seven years helping athletes get recruited. So a big part of that was evaluating the player, right? So right. That was number one with talking to mom and dad was, okay, let's be realistic about what level your daughter can play at because everybody wants to play D1, but there's two reasons that they don't. One, they don't know about you or two, you're not good enough. So Nowadays, they probably know about you because there's enough sources to right. get information out, right? So you're probably not good enough. So, so one, be, real, be realistic. But as the coaches are watching, so yes, you have to, everybody, like you drool over those top kids. So when you're coaching D3, you're going, okay, you're looking for the kid that can play at both ends of the court makes good decisions, plays hard, you know, is, is efficient, you know, yeah. and, and, and then you're looking, okay, size, size is going to probably determine off the bat sometimes where, where they fall, right? right? The level, the level, I, you know what I think, I think it's whether you can defend the ball. 
Yeah. I think, I think a huge difference between, and I see this in the boys side, at least the difference between that D three kid sometimes. And that D one kid is you just, you might have a lot of the skill sets of this, but you just, you're either not quick enough. You're not big enough. You're, you can't, you have to be able, it's like the NBA game. You have to be able to defend the ball. Like, Maybe you can score, but if you can't defend, if I can't stop you, that, that it's that quickness. It's it's all those variables. It's the math teacher in me. It's those variables. It's like, mm, because yeah. I've seen D3 kids that are really, really good. And it's like, oh man, they could play D2, D1, but maybe they just are missing. They're missing the one variable. Like maybe it's height, maybe it's strength. Maybe I don't know what it is, but it's something well, usually. Well, I think I think the way I always looked at it is, I mean, your 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 degrees of athleticism, right? I mean, speed in any sport, you right. see it. Right. Speed skills. So that the, it's the same game. It's just faster, higher, stronger at, at each level you go. Right. So you know, just what you're saying, the speed and athleticism, you know. And, and they can all shoot, they can handle the ball, but it's at what, at what pace can you go and be effective? And then, you know, that's, that's a key. So you have to, obviously as a coach, you know what your level needs. Um, and, and you can say, okay, yeah, she's good, but she's not going to, she's not going to be able to guard, you know, so-and-so. And, so, yeah, on the wing. And then that's, that's a problem. And then, you yeah. know, so yeah. Um, I always tell, I always tell parents and, and players and coaches too. I said, there's a trickle down effect too. And I, and I've had enough, I mean, I can't even count how many college coaches have been in our gym. I said, they talk to each other. So they're, there watching, they're watching X and then mm -hmm. they see Y and they go, Ooh, he's not really at our level, but I know these other guys at the D2 level, or I know this D3 program mm -hmm. that's looking for, a, I mean, that's what they don't understand too. There's this huge trickle down effect. And even mm -hmm. high majors to mid to low majors, it's like, well, I got this kid, you know, he might be a good fit for you guys. Um, so, well, and here's, here's a nugget for, you know, kids being recruited is just like you're saying, there's a, there's a trickle down, right? So, you know, if, if I'm being recruited by a, a D one school and I've got some D twos that are offering me, right. Right. And I'm, waiting, waiting, waiting to see if I get that D1 offer. Well, I didn't get that D1 offer and I just lost those D2 offers because yeah. somebody else, you know, took them because they were more realistic about, you know, where I always ask a kid, do, do you want to sit the bench or do you want to play? Do you want to be a big fish in a small pond or, you know, a flounder in at the highest level, you know? Right. So, what do you, what do you want to get out of this? Um, and, and understand that, yeah, there's, <laughs> this coach is recruiting five, six players at your position. You know, they love each one of you, right? But not one of you have said yes yet. So they're still dating. They're dating you all. <laughs> right. That's and what they don't understand. It's like what they're telling you, they're telling four other kids because they have to have things in the queue. I tell my parents and kids that all the time. I said, mm -hmm. it's not, they're not being, I mean, I've told this story a, a thousand times, but uh, Mike Montgomery, who was at Stanford, sat in my building, told Wesley Matthews, he says, I'm never leaving Stanford. Week later, he's the head, head coach at Golden State. I swear to God. And he didn't lie to us, but they just threw money at him. It's like, it's a bit, it's like, mm -hmm. 
they're going to tell you a lot of them are going to tell you what they, you know, you want to hear, but they're also going to be honest. And then things change, you know, um, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, it's an interesting business. They don't realize that too, at that level, it's a whole different business. So let's keep going on your thing. So you were at TCU and then what? Okay. So then um, Iowa state. So, so I got to Iowa state. So here's an, you know, a nugget as far as relationships. So um, Katie, Abe and I were, Katie worked at Iowa State and I was at TCU and we were sitting on the same, the same team. And, you know, we were trying to get the big fish um, and Iowa State Big 12 was recruiting the same player, but, but we were recruiting a couple other kids on that team too. So anyway, but Katie and I, we went around the country together following the same kid. um, And then, so Iowa State got her, um, but Iowa State, little did I know their assistant was, you know, they, they lost the assistant. She went to be the the head coach. Um, It was Brenda Freeze at the time. So she went to go to, I think at that point, I don't know if she went to Minnesota, where she went, Um, but the job opened up. So I developed relationships with Iowa State, their job opened up. They said, Hey, come, you know, Come right. join our staff. So I, I moved up the ranks. Iowa State at that point was uh, top 25. They actually, they had just beaten Connecticut in the Elite Eight um, okay. just that year. So I went to Iowa State and was there for three years with Bill Fenley. Okay. And then after that? So after that, so had had great success at Iowa State. So I'm 32 years old and... Um, the head coaching job at the University of Akron. So I got a few calls. There were a few schools that I was interviewing at as a head coach. So I was at Iowa State three years, and then I got the head coaching job at the University of Akron. How, were, how was the interview process? Were they different when you were interviewing at different places? Or were they very similar? Um, you know what? Shoot, at TCU, it was a conversation with Mike Peterson. I mean, I remember standing up on the track with him, went to campus. He showed me around and basically offered me the job. Right. Uh, and then Iowa State, uh, yeah, very similar. I mean, it was, you know, they they knew me already. Right, right. Relationship, so it was kind of like, you know, not really an interview. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but for Akron, it was an interview process that I, I mean, I met with Mike Thomas at the Final Four, um, interviewed with him there, and then went to campus. And, okay. you know, interviewed with several people there. Okay. Okay. And then what, what were your takeaways from Akron? <laughs> uh, you might want to read my book. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. We'll get so, to that in a second. Yeah. So, so I, I took over a program that was, I think, I think it was the worst program in the country. Um, literally like the did, RPO- you, did you have reservations about taking that job? I, I did, but then on the other hand, Steve, I didn't because there were several factors. I, I grew up in Cleveland, okay. so it was close to home. Right. You know, it was kind of, all right, is this where I'm supposed to be going? You know, it was close right. to home. Um, and, and at that point, I felt like a world beater, you know? I mean, I'd worked my w- way up the ranks. I helped TCU to rebuild a program. It was like, ah, okay, this is going to be hard, but I've, you know, I worked with some great programs, been, 
been to the NCAA tournament several times, you know, I, right. I had confidence and I had taken all the positive things and all the good things from the coaches I've worked with and thought, all right, I could put this together into and, and do this and rebuild. And I like to fix things. So, so to right. me, a challenge of, all right, let's go, let's go fix this. So, okay. um, it, 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 oh, I mean, my high school coach left and went to Akron, like, um, in the mid 80s he was jay eck i think was the head coach okay that was in the mid 80s um so uh with some good things some bad things from that um and and, and after you were done with that did you feel like you were done then so so good things um you know i i felt like we had changed the culture from you know uh, a disaster to running things like a division one program okay. should right. be run, you know, um, changing the culture in that respect. And what, um, what, what does that mean? What does that mean for listeners? Um, that means, so, so there were, there were actually division three transfers who had scholarships in the program. There were, we had issues with extracurricular use of things that they shouldn't be doing. Right. Um, and, you know, changing the, okay, this is, you're, you're going to do, have a weight program. You're going to come and, and work out uh, right. with the coach on a consistent basis. You're going to have a preseason. We're going to do preseason workouts. You're going to train and, and get on All that. that stuff wasn't there. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. On a, a discipline schedule. Um, we're going to, we're going to look like a, a division one program, you right. know, right. How, act and how we um present ourselves and 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 how we're going to uh um yeah compete and work hard and so so it was changing it was changing a lot of that stuff at that point um and 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 you know that that was kind of the the easy part you know right Right. um i think where i fell short was and and i'm very honest and open about this is i as being the head coach right you move those 18 inches over and the coaches i worked with too i mean how i was groomed is kind of like you're now you have all the answers or you're supposed to hey everybody i hope you're enjoying the podcast make sure you subscribe like um We love those. Um, And send me an email, steve at teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.